0: Hey, this is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh, now with the Digitant Network. How's it going, guys? Hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. I just got back from Delaware, and Kelly is in the midst of her last push of the sales season, so she's super busy. But I uh, just wanted to drop in and tell you guys that we had an episode all recorded and ready for you guys for today, but we had some major... Um, We had some major sound quality issues and uh, decided that um, it wasn't listener friendly. So today we are encoring uh, Mrs. Broshak, who is a second grade teacher in Newark, Ohio, our hometown. And we um, brought you guys this episode over a year ago. And she is one of the most amazing, amazing educators out there um, taught uh, Kelly's Little Mason uh, a couple years ago. So she's an amazing educator and, uh, you know, gives us some great insight. All right, guys, let's get started.
1: Okay, so Mrs. Broshak, I'm sure if there are people in the North area, they know the name. Um, I wish that I had known about her because I we all know that I have four kids. I've been parenting for 20 some years. If I had known, I would have you know, requested her every single year. Um, Mason actually had her a couple years ago. And one of the things that I love is I think from the minute um, you see her in the hall in the morning till I picked him up at the end of the day, like you just feel her true love for teaching, like a genuine, real love for teaching. And she's teaching in all of the ways that are really important. And they're getting everything they need, but she's does everything in a fun way. Example, she's a huge Packers fan. She goes to see the Packers a couple t- times a year. They all, she ta- talks about wearing green and yellow all the time. But for one of their assignments on learning how to write a letter, they wrote one of the players and then she sent all of their letters to that player. And so I feel like she has like a theme and a story and makes it exciting and fun opposed to learning how to write a letter. And she does that with all things. Um, and then even it being, you know, she had him in second grade. Mason's now in fourth grade. She invites him to our classroom to do reader's theater. She texts me pictures of him when he stops by her classroom. She came to see him in a play this summer, um, I we all know that I teach dance the dance recital has been on zoom the last couple years she sent me a text saying that she loved my dances and, and named like five students that I teach that she's had over the years um, she just goes above and beyond and teaching isn't just a job for her it's a part of her everyday life and I feel like the impact a teacher can have on someone is so much greater than I think people realize and and she does that every day.
0: Uh, Kelly, where does she teach in the New York area? So she teaches at Legend Elementary in Newark and um,
1: just a phenomenal teacher. Did you have a teacher that you remember affected you positively, negatively? And you don't even have to say names, but did you have a teacher that you remember that inspired you?
0: You know, Kelly, I really feel like everyone should be lucky enough to have even one teacher in their life like that. For me, Mrs. Reed at St. Francis, she was my 8th grade teacher. She doesn't seem to be the same type of teacher, but she just stuck with me so much and she was just so invested in us and I know that she has same thing really affected generations of kids that have gone through that school, St. Francis Du Sales Elementary School in Newark, Ohio. And then in college, I had this professor by the name of Paul Dawson. He taught politics. He was my mentor. And the amount of life impact that he created for me, I feel like he taught me how to do adult life, aside from all of the academic things. I think it can't be stated enough how influential teachers can be in our life. And uh, I really wish they were paid more, you know what I'm saying? So... Here's Kelly's interview with this amazing, amazing educator. Let's get started.
1: Okay, so today I am here with Mrs. Broshak, and I am so excited because I have four kids, and we've talked about on Greener Grass how I've been a parent for more than 20-some years, which is crazy, and came across the most amazing teacher ever a couple years ago when Mason had her. And I've just been so intrigued in the way that she teaches and watched her even after Mason having her. And so I wanted to bring her on greener grass because I feel like she's an inspiration in general. So, Mrs. Broshak, welcome. But I want to know, first of all, tell me a little bit about just where you grew up and why teaching was where you wanted to go with your life.
2: Okay. Um, well, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Okay. I grew up, at, it's about an hour from Philadelphia, El, um, the Allentown area, um, actually Whitehall. Um, and it's kind of a small town, bigger than Newark, I would say. Okay. But not a really big community. Um, very middle class area. And I think the reason I went into teaching, I was thinking about this question, is because there's so many teachers in my family. My sister was a teacher and my dad taught at a college. And I think I watched them. And I used to go into school with my sister when she taught kindergarten. And I just saw like what it, you know, how she affected their lives. And I just knew that I wanted to work with children. It was just something I realized. And I I think maybe because I was exposed to it and saw the positive impact that a teacher can have in a school.
1: So do you feel like having teachers in your family, because I really do, when I say that I feel like you're one in a million, I don't feel like there are very many teachers that teach in the way that you do, even from when I went to school. So did you, do you feel like your sister and your, do you feel like your dad, do you feel like some of them had an impact on the teacher that you are? Or do you feel like that was just, it's in you, it's your personality? And
2: My sister and I are very different. So no, she really didn't teach the way I do. I think my dad inspired me in that, He told me when I went to my very first job, and Mason might remember this, but he told me when I worked in a candy shop in the Poconos, we had a summer home up there, and and I was 15. He was driving me to my very first job, and he said, do everything your boss tells you, and then a little bit more. And I think that just became part of when he told me that, I never forgot it. And I thought, no matter what I do in school, it's got to be more than... Just the bare minimum. My sister really, she and I are very different. Um, she kind of thinks I'm a little crazy for all the things I do. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I I, just, I don't know. I I love my job. And I just went school. I feel so passionately. I went to school to be fun for the children. I want it to be their happy place. I want it wanted to be a place where they can feel safe and secure no matter what no matter what level they're at, and feel like they're learning right along with the the rest of the group, no matter where everybody is in the spectrum.
1: Okay, know. so I love that. So I went to school for teaching, but I never finished through. Well, I finished through. I got my degree. But then I was at Longenberger, and long story short, I never actually taught. But when I was doing my student teaching, I had a space where I was like kind of – Bummed because I think that what I aspired to be would have been a teacher more like you. And I feel like with state testing and standards and all of the things that were put in place, it made me feel like I was teaching just to that when I was doing my student teaching. And I feel like you have kept the fun and the not play, but you make it so they don't even realize sometimes they're learning. How did you make the shift when they pushed to standardized testing? How did you keep all of the aspects of being the loving, um, amazing, playful? I feel like you, they respect you and you're very disciplined, but you also have this fun aspect of teaching.
2: I'll tell you it's, it's a balance, but I just, I'm just determined. I am determined that like, um, we had our, we had our, uh, writing that we had to do for, um, our benchmarks, but I managed to fit in, you know, my, the next thing I, we're writing now about a gingerbread story and they are loving it. So I feel like you can do it. It just takes a lot of
1: juggling and and a lot of time. So you know, really, uh, it's almost like really? you are working twice as hard because you're doing all the things that you have to do, but you're doing all the things you want to do, and doing both, you have to probably work twice as much.
2: It's kind of crazy. Sometimes I just really, I shake my head and I wonder. I
1: think you know, I'm, I'm nuts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's this is why I this is why I wanted you on because I feel like I see it, like I see the the whole aspect, and I see. It's fascinating to me because you know that I teach ballet, but whenever I've brought up your name in any scenario, if it's at the dance studio or if it's out and about, you are a teacher that is known by so many people because so many, so many, even kids that are 25, 26, I mention your name and they're like, oh my gosh, the best teacher I've ever, I ever had.
2: Wow. Oh, that makes me feel good. Gee. Well, it's really um,
1: true. I
2: just, I, I just truly just put school to be a happy place and, and fun. Learning should be fun. And when we lose that element of fun, I think that's when we lose them. And I'm just determined. I think if they're eight years old and school becomes a chore, I mean, that is the saddest thing in the world. You know, I, you know, I, I love to read, and I'll get these books out. Yeah, uh, my kids used to they, they tease me, and they'll say, "Oh, Mrs. Bershak, you always say that this is your favorite book." And I said, <laughs> "Oh, I know, I do say that a lot, <laughs> but, but it is." There's, there's so many wonderful books, and uh, and I, I do feel like that enthusiasm and love of literature and love of learning is contagious. I yeah. do believe that. Like if you if I come to school. Every day, and I'm happy and excited about learning. They're gonna feel it, and they're you know they're gonna know. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump jump backwards, but as you said, I I just thought of something. No, I want you to do
1: this. This is exactly what.
2: Okay, I was inspired, you know, by my sister and my dad. But this is terrible, but true. I was inspired by a lot of negative teachers. Yeah, I also remember teachers, and I remember when I went to college, I thought I don't want to be like this teacher I don't want to be like that one I don't want to be like I I wanted to be you know I wanted school to just be wonderful and um, and oddly enough my favorite teacher was my second grade teacher which is kind of weird um, that I end up in second grade but uh, I think sometimes that affected me as much as the positive but um, my dad was a very positive person he was probably the most positive person I ever met. And um, he used to say, can't is not in my vocabulary. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, you know, I'm thinking of him that he, he inspired me so much. Um, and he was so proud of me being a teacher. I don't know why, but he was, he was so proud of me and and would give me a lot of positive reinforcement too. And thought that all the crazy things I did were, were wonderful. Like, um, oh, when I went to get my first hedgehog,
1: um, <laughs> yes, I, they love the hedgehog. They love oh
2: my gosh, I went to that. It was in like January, and it was up almost into Michigan, above Toledo, and. the the weather wasn't good and my mother's on the phone and she's like, Oh, you're not going to drive up there all all the way up there by yourself. And the weather's bad. And Mom, I'm going to go. And then my dad gets on the phone and he says, what time are you leaving? Yeah. (laughs) It was the exact opposite, you know, go for it. And I, I think that inspired me so much too, you know, that you just, you know, when things are crazy and they are difficult, you do just have to go for it. And You know, I I just, I think my students can feel that as well. I hope so anyway.
1: Well, I feel Uh, like you build like a little mini community for the year, which I feel like should be what happens. But even having the hedgehog and everyone has their thing that they, you know, take turns in the way, even with um, Arthur, like I feel like (laughs) you do all these things that they all have a chance and they all feel special in the moment and I uh-huh. feel like I'm even fascinated, which I know I shouldn't be fascinated by this, but I feel like you love those kids the moment they walk through the door for the next 20 years.
2: Yeah, it's just you know, it's so hard when they leave. That is the hardest part, you know, and and they're not in your class anymore. Um but then I always tell I tell my friends it, the good part about like when they go on to third grade, um, it's like you take on the grandmother role.
1: Yeah, like you don't
2: yeah. you don't have to worry about their grades, you don't have to worry about their behavior, or are they meeting their learning goals? All you have to do is love them. Yeah, and uh, so a lot of them come back as, and Mason has many times come back as a guest reader. Yeah, and they love that too because it's such a positive another again, another positive experience for my students because they see this third and fourth and fifth grader coming back and reading books to them and how much they love it and it's also a positive experience for the older student because it, it's a real uh, confidence booster you know they come yes. back and you know they sit they sit in the rocking chair and they're the ones performing for the for the second graders so, yeah, that's so, another fun thing that we
1: so do. So I remember, I mean, in fifth grade, I had a teacher that I got my first C. I had straight A's, and we had a parent-teacher conference. It was math. She said she'll never be good at math, and I never was after that. You know uh, what I mean? And it's kind of like oh, I know. people, I don't yeah. feel like, realize how much of a positive and a negative impact teachers can have on a student. So I get you wanting to be that the, right. Some of the bad teachers inspired you as well. Do Have you ever had, and obviously, like, no names. They might still be in the Newark City school system. But, like, has there ever been someone that you have, like, been partnered with or on a team with, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, the complete opposite of how I feel teaching should be?
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, I've been with that. In in a couple different places, because um, I also taught in Worthington, okay. Um, before my children were born, and I yes, I've been on, I've been with teachers like that, and I mean, some of them really do look at me like, you know, she's crazy. Yeah, you know, why is she, why is she having those lunch? Bu- I used to have those lunch bunches every month. Yeah, you know, before COVID, and and now I'm trying to find a way to work around all of it and have the parents in, not every month, but close to it. I'm trying, and. um you know, they'll look at me and they think, I know they think I'm nuts. (laughs) Why is she, why is she doing this to herself? You know, and, but it, it, it's worth it. It makes a difference. And I think it makes a difference for the students as well. They, they have, um, an element of pride in their work and they know that they're going to be sharing it with someone. They know their parents are coming and it just makes everything uh, more meaningful for them.
1: Okay, so you are a person that is like me in the sense that even when I was doing my student teaching and I was like 20-something, I there were kids that I like wanted to scoop up and take home and like I just saw their life. And I, I, I taught in some low-income low schools in Columbus and I remember saying to the teacher I was with, none of these parents are coming to parent-teacher conferences. Like why don't they care about their kids? And she was like saying, she said like, they do care about their kids, but some of them have two and three jobs and they only know what they know right. from their past. Uh-huh. How do you, have you uh-huh. ever had situations where it's really hard for you to, because you love them with your whole heart to watch them go home at night? Oh,
2: I've had several like that. I really have. And um, there, is this, there was this one case that, um, I think she stood out in my mind more than any other student I had in all my years of teaching. She was so troubled. And I almost felt that I spent so much time with her that almost to the, that I didn't, not that I neglected the rest of the kids, but she consumed me. Yeah. Consumed all my energy. And, and, and the year I felt like she ended the year. It was terrible. Like I felt so bad. I felt like I didn't reach her. I didn't, I failed her yeah. and I, I just can't, I can't express how bad I felt. It, it was horrible. And my she came from such a bad home life. And my husband was like, well, let's take her out to dinner. Let's, let's take her to Easton. Let's buy her some clothes. And I said, buddy, I can't do that when she's in my class, but maybe next year. Yeah. And well, wouldn't, you know, didn't she move? And I just this child haunted me. I am not kidding for years. Yes. And then the weirdest thing happened. It had this message on Facebook and I didn't know who it was. And here it was, this little girl. Ah. And she, I know, it was just, I know, I get the goosebumps every time I think about it. She contacted me. She was back in the area and we got together. We had dinner together. And she's in high school now, and she apologized because I'm so sorry for how awful I was in second grade. But she said you were the best teacher I ever had, and I it was it was just that one girl that just made oh my gosh just made me feel I don't know just made me really made teaching feel so important to me. Well, and look she, at the
1: impact you had that she that many years <laughs> later reached out to you on Facebook. I feel like that's what you do for. All of these kids.
2: I just felt all those years like I failed her. And to know that I didn't, I mean, we did, it was wonderful seeing her and she's doing well and things in her life are better. And it it was, it was just, it was pretty amazing. So that that's, I don't know. That's the kind of thing that makes everything worthwhile that you do in teaching. Okay. So let's talk
1: about the fact that you have the most amazing husband as well. I feel like, I feel like you guys are like a dynamic duo. Like, I don't know what he's like to live with, but I feel like the fact that he, I think he gets, I think when you work 10 million hours and you do all the things and you go all in the way you do, that some people like you said might think it's crazy or too much or like why why is this why are you consumed with it but i feel like buddy goes right along for the ride with you he shows up at the houses and delivers popsicles he comes to the place like how? oh my gosh remember that yes. he drove all over oh
2: gosh i took all night he is so supportive uh it's just you know it's never never and nothing is ever too much you know like I say, well, I want to do this. Can you help me with it? And, you know, it's never, no, it's always, of course,
1: you know, what can we do and how can you make this work? And yeah, no, he really is. So how did you luck out with that? Is that that he loves kids as much as you do, or does he love you that much? Or is it both?
2: (laughs) I don't, I think, (laughs) I don't know. You know, it's our second marriage, you know, we, we've only been married for four years. Um, been together for eight, but, you know, married for four, but I don't know. I think he, he just, he thinks I'm just like the greatest teacher, you know? Yeah. So I think, yeah. And you know, I, I'm not, I don't think I am. I mean, there's so many teachers that are so much better with technology than I am. And that really bothers Mm me because that's just not my thing. Yeah. and But I, I'm a lot better than I used to be. <laughs> so yeah. I've come a long way, but um, he's just, he's just like so supportive because he, I think he thinks he knows how much I really love it, you yeah. know, and um, and then, you know, he wants me to be happy and my kid's happy. He only even, um, oh, the other day, I had a little boy that was having trouble and Buddy wrote him a note Oh, oh my God, it was so cute. And he I put it on his desk in the morning. And this little boy, his eyes lit up. I said, buddy, he carried that note around all day. And so now every once in a while, buddy will write him a note if he's have this little boy's having a good day because he's been, you know, struggling with some behavior issues and um but buddy, he'll write him a note and it's not every you know not too often because you don't want it to be yeah you know just commonplace it has to be something special so yeah it is so cute though because his eyes light up and it's like i got a note from buddy you know they all call him buddy
1: i you know? love it
2: so, it's so cute so um yeah he's pretty supportive i think that it makes a lot of it easier to do too
1: Okay, so I have one one more question. So how did you survive pandemic? Because I feel like you, the, the reason that I am obsessed with you is because of the way you greet them in the morning and all the things that you do and lunch brunch and the reader's theater, the, you know, the play things that you did throughout the year and the hedgehog, like all of yes. those things, like it is the hands-on and just the really loving them. Like, I feel like I love people that's why I do this podcast and so I love how genuine and real and you didn't come to Mason's play because it was like a check off a list it's because you genuinely want to come and support every student that you've ever seen and so and I've even gotten that from you like I feel like I had a rough couple years and even getting a text from you about Mason, or something you oh. saw that I did, like I valued that as a person, and you mm-hmm. do that for all oh. people. So, how did you survive the pandemic?
2: I'll tell you, it was, it was, it was awful. Yeah, it, like it's this is okay. It stripped away everything that I loved about teaching. Yeah and and left me with like a shell it was it was awful so that's why I would make all the home visits yeah you know, I went around and tried to visit every child a couple times um and like we didn't have to be online every day that was in the, the first part you know that first when we first left and what was that I think it was March yes and um I made up my mind that we were you know we didn't have to be online with them every day but I thought, I had to see them every day, so we yeah. would we would zoom every day, even if for a read aloud. And I think on Friday we 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 told jokes on Friday. They would bring yeah. jokes, <laughs> so I mean it it was that was the worst part. I do not believe in all of this online school. That online, I, I hear it on different things on the news yeah. that. Teachers want to have be online like one day a week. I I, I just I don't believe that. I think teaching is personal. Yeah. It has to be personal. Especially with little kids. Especially, you know, seven and eight year olds. Yeah. They they have to be with you. And yeah, I just it was really that that was it was my own personal my own personal hell
1: yeah yeah (laughs) well and i think too and i know that we're in a pretty good school system but i'm sure there were lots of kids out there in the world who their break from a horrible scenario was going to school or that's the time they got fed or you know what i'm saying right right and so exactly
2: because I always say to my, you know, I'll, there's some of my kids. I'll say, I'll actually say to them, "I went to school to be your happy place." Yeah, I will come right out and say it. And um, this one little boy that I have had problems with, and he left the other day, and he goes, he goes, "Mrs. Broshak, school is my happy place." And I thought, you know, if it, that's that's what's important, because you know, they need they need a place to feel where they're accepted and they're loved and and they're cared for. Right. And regardless of what their home life is like, right. there's got to be one constant in their life. And, um, you know, and unfortunately, some of the children, it is school. Right. That is their constant.
1: Right. Well, when I was doing my student teaching, I feel like I had multiple scenarios, but I had one, this child that was just like horrible day in, day out, and then found out that she had been molested for the last three years. And you know what I'm saying? Or another child that like constantly smelled like pee, just being honest, and found out that his mom like leaves the night before, and he's the one that gets himself, and he was a second grader. You know what I mean? There's so many scenarios out there, and I think the pandemic too, like... Those kids lost that ability to just feel the light of someone like you, right? Well, you know, they,
2: I do think that, like most of our children today, that are having problems. You know, I keep saying, you know, I said this a million times. It's not our schools that are having problems; it's our families. Yes, our families are in, are really in crisis right now, and because that's why these children are struggling and having all these learn, you know, these behavior problems um and as much as we can help our families by helping these children i think we it, we owe it to um we owe it to these kids to do it
1: totally agree and i think the last year in a million ways and we're not even going to go there but have been divided and controversial and families are that is affecting families too oh definitely definitely okay That's so just, listen yeah. this is the last question and you're going to get to go to dinner with buddy but Mason, Mason has wanted to be on the podcast for his whole life. And he's going to ask you the last question. Oh, my God. And I don't That's even know sweet. what it is. I don't even know what it is. But, oh, my gosh. Oh, I, wait. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. I told him <laughs> earlier that he had to think of a question to ask you. So, okay. okay. So, Mason, you're up. Your favorite teacher ever. What's your question?
2: My question is, how are you always so
1: positive?
2: Oh, my gosh, Mason. Um... I, you know what I really do think that that comes from my dad because he was you know how I talked about my dad before you know do everything your boss tells you and then do a little bit more yeah do you remember that yeah. <laughs> and he was like the most he was he was so positive Mason and and he was truly brilliant. I think he was brilliant. He was so smart. He even skipped a grade. I think it was fifth grade. He skipped from fourth to sixth. He was so smart, um, and and just the most positive person. So I try to remember to do that. And again, I want school to be. I want school to be a positive place. You don't want to come to school with a grumpy old teacher, do you? You know, you want somebody there that's in a good mood, right? Mm-hmm. And happy <laughs> and wants to make
1: school fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's what Mason wants every day, for sure. <laughs> oh I love that. I love that. Okay, so, so to end things, is there anything, like, I feel like you, obviously, I feel like I love you and I don't get to be around you. And Mason oh, loved you. So you. Amazing oh. teacher, if I would have known... Back in the day, I would have been signing all of my kids up for your classroom. I don't know how I missed oh. the memo. Um, oh, I feel bad I didn't get that. I know. Cheated. I know. You You cheated. You were cheated. <laughs> okay, if you had one, like, last lesson to leave everyone with, is there anything? Stay positive, I guess. Is there anything yeah. you would want to? Um, just, yeah, stay positive
2: and, and try to find the good in it, something every day. You know, life is difficult. Um, My mom used to like that book, The Road Less Traveled. And the first sentence in that is, life is difficult. And it is. um, But it's also very wonderful. And we have to find the positive each day that we can find.
0: Thank you so much for being here with us listeners. Thank you, Mrs. Broshak, for uh, gracing us again with your presence. Um, My friends, it is getting closer and closer to Christmas this December seems like a blink of an eye. So we're coming at you with two more pods um, to round out 2023. And then um, I can't believe 24 is here. It's like the future's here. All right, my friends, if you could honor us with a five-star rating and review, it means so much. Uh, check out all the Digitant podcasts. Check out The Expecting Aerialist if you haven't yet, if you just want to hear more of my voice. And yeah. Um, yeah, have an amazing, you know, holiday season. It is hectic out there. It is um, cold in many parts of the world. So i um, thinking you guys stay safe, and we will see you guys next time. This is Green Grass.